Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. Go back in your memory banks to playing soccer as a kid. Many people, that's kind of the first sport you play. And if that wasn't you, maybe you've got kids or grandkids or you can uh, picture those days at the soccer field. And you remember at the end of the game, you come over and what's the big, you know, celebration at the end of the game? Well, everybody gets a snack at the end of the game. It's kind of a reward for a job well done out there playing soccer. But imagine that you're out there playing the game and when you come off the field, that you get in such a heated argument with one of your teammates about which one of you did a better job that day that by the time you're done hashing out this argument, all the snacks are gone. You've missed out on what's yours. You've missed out on the reward because you were too busy being focused on something else. Well, unfortunately, that sounds a lot like the Corinthian church as we look now at 1 Corinthians 3. And what I want you to see is how they were missing out on what was theirs because they were focused on the wrong things. And that needs to be a warning to you that you wouldn't miss out on what's yours because you are focused on the wrong things. Now, the book of 1 Corinthians and also of 2 Corinthians, they address many different issues and problems within the church. And the first problem that he's now kind of coming back to is divisions in the church, that they were within this one congregation divided into factions. And some of those factions were tied to different people. For instance, Apollos, uh, who we read about in the book of Acts, who was in Ephesus, but then went to Corinth and was Corinth and was preaching the gospel and Paul. And some people say, well, I like this Apollos guy. And others, well, I like this Paul guy. And then that it causes divisions among them. And, And Paul is saying, well, this is because basically you're immature. Verse one, but I brothers could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. You're acting like spiritual babies. And I have to feed you with milk, not solid food, verse two, basically, because you're not ready for it, because you're still fleshly. And it says there in verse three, for while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul and another, I follow Apollos. Are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. So he issues that memorable line. Hey, it's not about me. It's not about Apollos. It's about God who gave the increase. And while you guys are fighting over whether it's me or Apollos, you are missing the point. You're missing the point. And they're missing other things. It then goes on to this section, which really talks about rewards. And it talks about building upon this foundation and how each one's work in verse 13 will become manifest for the day of the 
for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Uh, so there we see a passage that uh, helps us, and sometimes we, we look at this passage outside of the context of the rest of what's going on in 1 Corinthians 3, because it does teach us uh, some valuable principles about the idea of rewards. Throughout the scripture, we see there is a judgment that comes for Christians. This is not a judgment of condemnation. Uh, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It is a judgment of evaluation, Uh, looking at what we have done in the Christian life. And is it this wood, hay, and straw that's going to be burned up? Or is it, you know, this gold, silver, precious stones that will withstand that test. And that's where I think it's helpful to even connect this with the rest of the passage, because we start to see, I think, man, when we're doing things for ourselves and when we're doing things out of fleshly, immature motives that come more from, well, I want this guy to be the guy, you know, Paul or Apollos or uh, things like that, uh, we're going to lose that reward. Right, And it says that those that their work survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So that there will be loss on that day of judgment by Christians who have not done things right or Christians that have done things with the wrong motives. And sometimes we... We get really twisted up in our minds about this idea of rewards and think, well, that, that's not right because I shouldn't just do things for the reward. Well, I guess there's some point to that. We should do things because we love the Lord, but this God who loves us, he's the one offering the reward. Uh, and so it's not wrong to be motivated by rewards. I think you could take that to an extreme where if that's all you're thinking of and you're not really doing anything out of devotion to Christ, those works will probably be the, the wood, hay, and straw that get burned up. But we do see this principle of rewards. I don't think you can read honestly the New Testament and ignore that that principle. But again, notice what would cause your works to be that wood, hay, and stubble immaturity, divisiveness, uh, wrong motives. Those are the things I think you want to watch out for. And a lot of that actually comes from a place of insecurity. And that's what it gets to later on in the chapter, that basically they're proud and they think that they're coming up with their own things and they're boasting in man. And it says in verse 21, so let no one boast in men for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours and you are Christ's and Christ is God's. Wow. What amazing statements. There it says the world is yours. Life is yours. Death is yours. The present is yours. The future is yours. Uh, All really because you are Christ's. And so as believers, we have all of these things. And if we view Paul or Apollos in such a way that it is a faction and I belong to them, you're missing the point. Paul belongs to you through Christ. And so you can be blessed by his ministry and you can be blessed by Apollos's ministry when you view them as a blessing, as a gift from God to you. But when we start to take it another way, we miss out on what's ours. And what's ours, according to this passage, all things 
all things are yours. And so that's where we need to let this passage fuel our perspective today. We shouldn't be doing ministry out of a place of trying to accomplish something for ourselves, to gain something for ourselves. We shouldn't be doing ministry uh, for someone else for the sake of a man or to follow somebody else because all things are already ours uh, through Christ. And that's what that kind of mindset that, hey, I, I don't need to look out for myself or or to try to build up this person over here and put them on a pedestal. I don't need to do that because I already have everything I need in Christ. And that thought is actually going to motivate better works, better ministry, works that will pass the test on this day of judgment. So instead of uh, finding ways to you know puff yourself up or, or looking for that in this life, just remember this uh, phrase there from verse 21, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours and you are Christ's and Christ is God's. So let's not get distracted. Let's not miss out on what's ours today because we're too busy fighting with someone else about our position or their position or whatever it may be. Let's remember all that we have in God. Uh, and let's let that motivate us to give, to serve, uh, and to really work for the cause of Christ in this world. Uh, in our Old Testament reading today, we read the rest of the book of the Song of Solomon, uh, chapter 5, verse 2 through eight fourteen. And, and again, this, this book is, is one that you, there's different interpretations of, and we addressed some of that yesterday, and some of the poetic language can even uh, just be a little bit hard to connect with. So even uh, for those of you that are married, reading this book, which I believe is predominantly about marriage and even the intimacy within marriage, uh, as you look at this, it seems that there is a conflict there in chapter five, uh, where the bride comes for the beloved, but she basically says, I'm too tired. And, and then when she goes to open the door, he's already gone. And, uh, you know, I can't, I can't find him. And even, you know, it talks about the watchman finding me and they beat me and they bruised me and they took away my veil. And it's kind of, you don't get lost. And well, what does all that mean? Cause as it comes back to it, one takeaway, if you are a married person listening to this podcast, one takeaway, I would just encourage you to get from this reading of the second half of the book is look at the way they praise each other. Uh, look at the way they eventually start talking about each other. In chapter five, verse 10, my beloved is radiant and ruddy, distinguished among 10,000. Or in chapter six, verse four, you are beautiful as Terza, my love, lovely as Jerusalem, awesome as an army with banners, right? Just notice that how they praise each other. And if you are a married person, I want you to resolve today to praise your spouse with your words. And that's where Again, Song of Solomon might be hard to connect with because guys, if you go home uh, today and you write a note for your wife and you say, hey, babe, you are as awesome as an army with banners, you know, that might not quite connect with her. Uh, but find the ways to praise each other, put some thought, put some effort, even put some creativity into praising your spouse and, and see the good that that can do. And, and that's where... 
well, you might not use some of the exact words and phrases of Song of Solomon, or maybe you will find some that you want to use. Uh, Be intentional to praise your spouse today as we wrap up reading this amazing book about marriage and about intimacy. But again, let's remember 1 Corinthians and how let's not miss out on what's ours because we're too busy fighting about other things. Let's focus on the, the, the end. Let's focus on our Savior. Let's focus on all that we have in Him, and let's seek to serve Him from a pure heart in a way that He will look at in the end and reward. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.